Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cloud Wars Live, where we explore today's digital revolution by speaking with business executives and thought leaders who are changing how the world lives, works, learns, plays, and dreams. Our guest today is Dave Wright, Chief Innovation Officer at ServiceNow. This is part of our series called the Cloud Wars Top 10 Executive Insights, and we're going to hear from Dave about some of the cool things that ServiceNow is doing today for its customers to help them move along in their digital journeys. Dave, welcome to Cloud Wars Live, and thanks very much for joining us. Hey, Bob. Thanks for the invite. Really good to be here. Great. So, Dave, you know, uh, so much going on in the world today, so much going on with technology and service now has, I don't mean come out of nowhere, but it's really interesting, this unique position that you guys have carved out here. Could you tell us a little bit about that now and reflect on some of the ways that customers are turning to service now to move in that intriguing direction that you guys have carved out about digital workflows? Okay, so it's been a... I mean, for me, it's been a, an interesting journey and an evolution. So what, what happened was we, we originally built this platform that was completely designed just to do digital workflows, but it was very hard in 2004, 2005 for people to get that concept. So we created an ITSM solution on top of it. Everyone got on board with that. Everyone said, yeah, the ITSM side, that needs refreshing, that's great. And now I think over the past four years, we've started to see this evolution where People have realized that managing digital workflows isn't just about IT. It's about how can you improve the customer experience? How can you improve employee experience? And how can you start to build these applications on top of the platform? And now the nice thing for me is I get to go to customer sites and I'll see things that they built that I, I never even imagined. Or I look at something and go, wow, this is, this is our product. And, you know, you go from the world of originally seeing people raising tickets about Roosters being down and servers not working. And now you see people building applications that are actually life-changing for people. You see it being deployed in hospitals, managing patients. And it's, it's just been amazing to see how we've actually gone through that whole process. Well, Dave, again, I think that's one of the points that's so intriguing about service now, right? Because you've got some other uh, very successful SaaS companies and they've sort of tracked on the, along with the three pillars, you know, ERP and HCM and so forth like that. You've come at it in a different way. And what I found intriguing as well, and you just touched on it, was this addition of not just uh, helping the digital workflows move along, but you flipped that over into the point of that being to deliver great experiences for not only customers, but employees. Right. And that's such a powerful thing, right, for every company today. So how are you helping companies to do that? So what I think what everyone missed was, was everyone didn't really think about the basics of what you do every day in work. So you think about everything that you do, I can guarantee you can classify it as one of three things. You either want something you haven't got, you want something you've got fixed or changed, or you want to know something. And it doesn't matter whether that's getting a car service, booking a dental appointment, asking for a new employee, getting a laptop replaced. It's all the same process. And the great thing about spending all this time in IT was IT had a very good way of defining that process. They were very used to a, a request fulfillment model and a case management model. So being able to take some of that backbone and being able to apply that to human resources or apply that to finance now, when we look at what we've got with the financial close stuff, that's been, that's been kind of the key to people accepting it. So people started to look at things like, hey, IT's rolled out this new IT service catalog and I can see everything I can get from IT. Then what would happen was actually other parts of the company would drive it. So all of a sudden, human resources would say, 
well, why couldn't we publish our services as well? And people could go and choose the services they want. And what it, what it really came down to, and this is the key to, to any service, is if you give people choice and you give people real-time updates, that what makes the, that's what makes the experience so much better. So if I can request anything and see the process it's going to go through and see where it is in that process, this stops me like phoning people all the time and hassling people to say, you're working on this, you're doing this. I can actually see it happening. So, so that's what, that, that level of visibility and that real-time information, that's what really gets people fired up. David, sounds like what you're describing in some ways, there's a cultural phenomenon, right? You get this thing moving, this movement started in one part of the company. And as people see that, it becomes uh, more than self-sustaining. It's uh, almost like right. a chain reaction you get. Yeah, because you, you start to, as it goes into different parts of the company, you start to link the company together. So you imagine most traditional businesses, when you want to get something off another department that's not IT, you typically email them or phone them, or you have some kind of tribal knowledge that allows you to get things done. If you can link all those parts of the business together, so it's not just a, it's not just the concept of IT service management, it's enterprise service management, it's linking all those parts of the business together, then that that makes the business run a lot more smoothly. And in some cases, people will focus on the shared service side. So it will be, hey, it's facilities, it's marketing, it's human resources. But other companies will look at, well, how could we link wealth management to internet banking? Or how could we link financial service to the branch? Because these are all other parts of the business that also haven't got a way to communicate. It could be, it could be head office in a, a resale scenario looking at how they deal with issues that come up in stores. It's all, it's all the same workflow. And then, and then you get people just building things where we didn't even imagine people would do it, where they, they take something and, and create something unique. So the, the, the best example I saw recently was in Australia, where the guys from Deloitte had gone in and they built this product called Deloitte Assist on top of the platform. And it's a really cool idea, but again, I wouldn't have imagined it. What they'd done is they'd looked at the way Hospitals deal with emergencies. So everyone has these panic buttons and the panic button gets hit. The light goes on, the nurses run in with the crash cars, but that's a binary process. So it's either on or off. And quite often the nurses will get there and someone might be too hot or they need the bathroom or they were hungry, but that was the only way they could communicate. So what Deloitte did is they went in and they actually put Amazon dots in replacement of those buttons. So now someone could say, hey, Alexa, I'm hungry or hey Alexa, my room's too hot or hey Alexa, I'm in pain. And what would happen is that would be generated as a work case for the nurses. But in some cases, it'd automatically be rooted to facilities or it'd be rooted to catering. So the nurses got to make sure they were only working on things that were critical for their time and weren't wasting time. But it meant the, the patients got a much better experience. Now, if you've got something where people can actually call for a crash cart, that, that's a completely different level of what people are doing from a service perspective. And that's, that's the really cool things to go and see. That's, Dave, that's a great example. And uh, I, I think it speaks to not only what ServiceNow is doing, but the partnerships with companies like Deloitte and that expectation among customers of all kinds that there's got to be better, more customer, or in this case, patient-centric ways to, to run our businesses. So right. with that, Dave, you know, over the last several quarters, it's been fun to watch the escalating numbers that John Donahoe talks about in your quarterly earnings. The number of companies that are doing a million dollars or more of the service now, five million, $10 million or more. 
what is it about the ServiceNow experience that when you get into some of these companies, they want to have more from you? What are you helping them do? I think what we're helping them do is we're helping them change the way that they work. So we're, we're, making, we're making work better for them by being able to take some of the unstructured communications out of way. So what, so what it gives is this concept of being able to automate workflows that run across multiple systems. So you imagine the world of, I don't know, let's think of onboarding an employee. You know, you come in, hey, I've got this new guy starting. You're going to need facilities requests. You're going to need something to go to finance, something to go to HR, something to go to IT. And all those things have to be completed in a certain sequence. So the ability to be able to streamline workflows across those silos. And then what customers also want is they want freedom on how they interact with things. So we've tried to make the, the front end, the system of engagement, we've made that as open as possible. So if you want to come in via Slack or you want to come in via Teams or come in via Facebook at work, that's fine. You know, you, the one thing you can't do, what I always say is if you're giving someone a good experience, the one thing about, about giving someone a great experience is you can't say, and this is how you have to do it. Because as soon as you do that, you're like, ah, that's, that's not a great experience for me. I don't like that. So, so giving people that experience and, and allowing them to get work done in a better way, that's what allows it to constantly advance through companies. And it's, a lot of it depends on the, the nature of the people who run IT. So in some cases, IT becomes the champion and they take it to different parts of the business. In some companies, we go in and we lead with completely different products and, and IT is not involved. And in some cases, it comes from some of these new roles you see. So you start to see VPs of global business services, VPs of shared services, people who are just looking to, to be able to, to organize the way the company works in a much better way. And we do constantly see this revenue coming through as a recurring rate where people come through and say, well, actually now this department wants it or this division wants it. So it's cool. And I think the, the other thing that I like is, is you see this constant expansion of other potential areas coming in. So we have conversations now around what we do with financial management. We have conversations where people like Virgin Trains want to look at how they do things from an IOT perspective or how they actually manage their trains rather than manage their facilities. So this was what, this was what made me join the company when, when Fred said, this is the vision of what, where I want to take it. And I knew Fred from the old days of Peregrine. You, you realized there wasn't really a, a total addressable market because everything that people did was a way of requesting service. So for me, that was like, yeah, okay, this is, this is better than just doing ITIL. Dave, you had a chance uh, a few months ago to talk with the, the CIO from Virgin Trains and somebody on his team, I can't remember which, but part of what was appealing to me about their story was they said they're going to take something that's in some ways essential, but a little bit mundane, train travel. And they didn't say we're going to make it a little bit less expensive or a little bit more on time. They said we want to make it fun and fabulous and outstanding, you know, really enjoyable. So it was something about the audacity of their vision there that was just so compelling. But it's also something that they said, hey, IT organizations don't usually talk about these sorts of things. But they said the same thing you just mentioned. It was catchy. Once they started right. to do that, it swept throughout the organization. Who wants to be average in a great company? Exactly. And they, were, they, were, they had a different gear as well because train travel has such a bad reputation, especially in England, that it was all about customer satisfaction and how they could drive up customer satisfaction. So they, they were focused much more on what the customer experience would be like and when they started to measure CSAT scores, that's where they saw this big rise. So for them, 
that's actually affecting their core business. And that's, that's one of the interesting things uh, Shell was talking about this the other week. It's how much of your time do you spend putting IT projects in place that actually help the core business? And in this case, all that they were doing was helping the core business. They were increasing CSAT, which gets more customers on the train, which gets them more revenue, which is what IT should be all about. And they, uh, Dave, they talked about this story of uh, in cases where a train was more than a certain number of minutes late, then the customers had the right to go somewhere to a site or to an office and fill out a form to get a refund. Yes. And they said, you know, it could be a matter of weeks until that actually went through. The burden was on the customer who had been inconvenienced to do that. And they said when they turned it around and started to offer immediate uh, refunds on those things, they said it was just extraordinary what happened there. But they couldn't have gotten to that place unless they saw what was possible. And yeah. that there were better ways of doing this. And that's one of the big challenges. I think it's, it's actually painting the art of the possible of what this yeah. could look like for people. And it's, it's a real, it's a visceral visual thing. So people, people have to actually, once you start showing people what it can look like and they imagine what it could look like and they, they start to look at things like everything from, well, how could we improve employee experience or customer experience to how could we start to connect all these things together across the enterprise? Once they see that vision, that's when people just start rolling and rolling and producing these. This is where we want to be in three years and five years and 10 years. And, and that's something you didn't really see in the past. People were, were much more short-term focused, but now people have a, a target that they want to get towards. So, Dave, if I'm a C-level executive at a financial services company and we, we sit down to have a talk about how ServiceNow might be able to help me and I say, you know, I've read some stuff. Clearly, you guys have applications, but you're also starting to talk more about a platform. Tell me, Dave, you know, what, how should I think about your applications and your platform? So if I, was, if I suppose if I was sitting in a finance institute, I'd start to ask from, from that guy's perspective, how do all the different parts of the bank communicate with each other? How do you get work done across departments? And, and just ask him a direct question. How would, you, how would you request something from these guys and see what his response is? And typically the response, like I said, will be, hey, I send them an email, I phone them up. Trying to, to get them to envision a workflow going right across a company exactly the same way they'd request something in the consumer world that, that's what it's all about. So it should be, it should be that you can create an experience in work that's exactly the same as an experience outside of work. The way, the way I go and order something from Amazon, for example, I don't worry about how my credit cards get in processed. I don't worry about is the warehouse full? Was the distribution company up? Is the ordering system up? It just comes. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what it should be like for anything in work. You should be able to just go in be able to get what you want, be able to know when it's arriving and not have all the hassle of worrying about all the plumbing underneath it. That, that abstraction of the complexity and just allowing you to see what you need, that's what it's all about. Dave, what you just said there, the abstraction of the complexity, how important is that in this whole move by companies in every industry to you know, move on into the digital age and to be able to really put the customer at the center of everything? So I think everyone's focused on how can they use technology to, to be able to make the business better? This is, this is the core tenets of digital transformation. How do, I, how do I transform what I do in an existing way to make that better, to free up time to do innovation in the future and actually drive the business? And I think everyone's realized that 
the, the way to do that is to start to make people more effective. And that's what you see around everything from artificial intelligence to automation to mobilization. Everyone's trying to, to make the world easier for people to do work in. And once you can free up that time, that's where you get the opportunity to be able to do things that are more creative or do things that are more innovative. So riding that line between productivity and innovation. Yes. I mean, you want to be able to, to do your core business in the most efficient way possible, but you want to be agile enough to make sure that you can keep ahead and move into the next phase of the business. Everyone's, everyone's looking to do a different thing. And you hear, you hear all these stories about everyone's becoming a technology company. Uh, everyone from looking at companies like John Deere and what they do with self-drive tractors, what they do with AI about the way they plant crops, all the way through to companies like Domino's Pizza. So I always think Domino's is a great digital transformation story because what used to happen is you'd go into a, a Domino's Pizza shop or you'd, you'd phone in your order. And if their point of sale system was down, then that, that branch couldn't do any business. But now they've gone through a transformation process where orders are coming in online. If that system goes down, then the whole company's not taking orders. So that shows like the relevance of, of what happens when you go on one of these journeys, you put, you put technology front and center, it makes everything so much more efficient, but you know, you have to be able to manage that. You have to be able to understand how that's functioning. And Dave too, the other example you mentioned there was John Deere, uh, you know, I think it'll be a relatively short period of time where the discussion of a company like John Deere being a technology company, people say, yeah, of course, you know, they make and sell software and you know, of course they do. But right here at this point, it's really remarkable to see that. And you have Kroger not only selling groceries, but creating its own software and selling it to other retailers. Right. And do you see any point at which, you know, this transformation slows down? Or is there, is there a, a point at which companies will stop driving into the technology enriched new business opportunities? No, I think people, people are always going to drive down that route. And I think you'll, you might see consolidation as more and more things become market leaders in very specific areas. But I think what you'll see is, is very focused specialization. People produce software that's very good at doing one thing. And as those, as those specialized processes get put in place, then it becomes about how you start to tie all that stuff together across a supply chain or a demand chain or a provisioning process. But the, the concept of people taking what they do as a core business and realizing that they can digitize that and then sell that and actually start to take advantage of that. You see that everywhere from the retail examples you give to, we, we did talk about John Deere, the, the GPS process they use, the, the level of accuracy they've got. But you also see it with hospitals where hospitals are looking at what they can do with software. And, and you see hospitals even migrating into, into becoming software divisions that then start to service the whole the medical community. So I think it's a, it's a global phenomenon and it's an industry phenomenon. It's not specific to a, to a certain vertical. I, I see it everywhere I go. Yeah, and I, you know, it wasn't long ago, a couple of years ago, you'd hear certain companies say, yeah, 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 that's true over here, but it'll never happen in my business. And you don't, you, you think differently, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, you think of, uh, you've only got, got to go back a few years to think of all the companies that were there as market leaders and just lost it. You know, people who, who didn't necessarily get on the bandwagon quick enough. You know, you, know, you, you think of the, the leaders in photography who didn't pick up on the digital trend. You, everyone uses the classic blockbuster video story, but people, people not looking at these people coming up from below and realizing 
what the potential is. That's, that's where the big problem is. You see, uh, you, you even speak to banks now and you've got, you've got the traditional bank, then you've got the whole fintech segment coming in, but then you've also got people, and this was a trend sort of 10 years ago where you saw retailers like supermarket chains suddenly saying, we've got all these loyal customers. Why don't we let them bank with us? And then you started to see these retail stores moving into banking. I think this is exactly what you're seeing with technology now. Yeah, and Dave, along those lines too, it's something like for 100 years, 150, 200 years, companies find themselves in industries. And if the industry went into a slump, those companies say, ah, darn it, you know, my industries, I'm stuck, what can I do? But now it's like, follow the money. Industry right. hopping to follow the opportunities and the value to the customers. I think everyone's always done that. You know, you go back, you go back 150 years and 90% of America was sitting looking at the agricultural side of business and, and that's completely transformed now. But if you, if you look at how many people work in the agricultural business now, it's not like everyone else just stopped working. You know, everyone moved on. There's new things that come up. There's new jobs that appeared. There's this whole new industries generated off the back of it. So, so again, I think these, these constant tectonic shifts in what people work in, that's something that's been going on for centuries. Dave, two last things I wanted to ask about. One is early on you had mentioned Deloitte, and uh, it, it's pretty clear that um, ServiceNow, as you're going through this remarkable period of growth, continues to rely on some partners more right. heavily. Could you talk a little bit about first partners? And then secondly, how does ServiceNow look at the competitive landscape in the uh, tech business? Okay. So, um, so yeah, partners are important to us for a, for a number of different reasons. One is the the implementation side. So, you know, you have so many people going out there, not just implementing the system for a specific use case, but also wanting this creative side of, of how do I build the applications and how do I get out there? So we need to be able to service that. We also have a great advantage if we work with partners around how we can look at verticalized solutions. So we don't have a huge verticalized sales force. You know, we have a, a, a very generic use case around the workflows that we solve. But you get someone like a, a Deloitte as an example, who's got a very focused financial services division. So they can tell us what the problems are in the financial industry. They can, they can build specific solutions that deal with those. So that allows us to verticalize to a degree without having to have dedicated sales forces. So a, a good example, if you look at the new financial close management app we've got out there, we haven't necessarily got CFO relationships to be able to go and sell that, but partners do have those relationships. So it allows them to go into business. And the other thing we've had to do with partners is we've had to, we've had to introduce a new segmentation model so that we can allow people to play in different areas. Some people want to come in and be very focused on one area. Some people want to have multi-disciplines. Some people want to have multi-disciplines with a global presence. So we've had to introduce this, this whole tiered stack program for them. So uh, Deloitte's been a great partner for us. Like I said, they've built some really interesting technology as well, which, which we like to talk about. So that was the, uh, the background behind that announcement last week. Okay. On, the, on the competitive side, um, I think it's interesting. We have, we have all these different companies, like you talked about before, with different systems of record in, in ERP and CRM and HCM, and, and we have a system of record for IT. We have all these different systems of engagement sitting at the top level where people want to come in via a different method to access something. And for us, in the middle of that, we have what we think of as a system of action, where you actually have the, the workflow that moves the workflows across those systems of record. And that could be something as basic as, 
someone putting a change of address into a company, someone getting married and changing the name, all those things that need to echo across multiple systems through to a, to a very complex process like uh, relocating uh, an office from one city to another. Again, a lot of things that have to happen. And we think we're pretty uniquely placed to actually sit in that workflow area. Uh, we, do see, we do see overlaps between other systems of record, but for us, it's all about being a, an entry point or an automation point into that. We don't want to become a HCM company. We don't want to become a CRM company. We just want to focus on how people get service and how people consume service. Well, it seems like a pretty lively area. Uh, you know, <laughs> lots of opportunity there, the way your company's been doing. Dave, we touched on a number of things. Is there anything that you wanted to be sure to mention before we wrap up? I just want to, I just want to make sure that everyone uh, understands exactly what the concept behind making the world of work work better for people is. For us, this is very much about looking at all the processes people have that, that they either don't want to do that are very mundane or the processes that are very complex and need automating and looking at how you can put a system in place to deal with those to allow you the free time to be more innovative than you could ever be before. So for us, what we want to do is we want to keep companies as relevant and as agile as possible by enabling them to work in a better way. And that's kind of the key story that we from from. Well, Dave, perfect. That, that's a great overview of what ServiceNow is doing and the impact you've had on customers and uh, some of the rationale behind why the company continues to grow at, at a remarkable rate and win more and more business from big companies, mid-sized companies all over the world. So thanks so much for your time. All right. Thanks, Bob. It was a pleasure to speak to you. Dave, same here. And thanks to all of you for watching. This has been a great episode here on ServiceNow as part of the Cloud Wars Top 10 Executive Insights Series. We hope to see you next time and thanks for being here today.